People seem to forget, if you change today, today will change your life. Matt, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Awesome. Thank you. It's great to be back with you, David. No, it's great to have you back. And I, I really enjoyed our conversation last time and, uh, and certainly wanted to get you back. And for those of you who heard Matt last time or those of you who are hearing Matt for the first time, Matt is a difference maker devoted to you know, personally enriching the lives of 100 million people by 2025. And his new book, Zedisms, or Zisms, depending on where, where you are in the world, Insights to Live By, is based on his experience as an entrepreneur, athlete, single parent, caretaker, and nonprofit founder. And Matt is also in the soon-to-be host of Insights to Live By, which is a podcast that invites guests to share their own pearls of wisdom. And he's also the CEO of the Internship Institute as well, which was he established in, 20, uh, in 2007 to make experience matter. Matt, with the podcast, you must be really proud to be starting that and uh, I'm really excited as well. I am. I am. It's, you know, coming off of the book, you know, in some ways I, I've been wanting to just let things unfold. And uh, that's really what's happened with the podcast. And now I'm in high gear uh, <laughs> getting ready for my uh, initial episodes. Uh, uh, July 7th is when we're looking at uh, airing that. Just on the on talking about podcast, because it's just one of those areas that I think five, 10 years ago, no one would have, if you said, oh, just this, you know, and this medium where you just listen to something, I think most people would be like, well, that's never going to become anything. And podcasts are huge. Like everyone listens to podcasts. They're absolutely huge. I, I don't know. Are you surprised by the growth of podcasts? Well, I'm still getting my arms around it. I think it's, it's amazing. And it, it speaks a lot to uh, just uh, somewhat of an awakening, I mm -hmm. think, where where people are, are there's a, a greater expansion of interest in and pursuits of personal development, which mm -hmm. is uh, which is you know as positive as it gets. So um, I don't I don't have a baseline enough to be surprised. Not not too many things surprise me to begin with. So I'll <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> and so. I wanted you back on because we, we were going through just your book. I mean, the chapters in your book have got some really interesting titles anyway, but just so many different areas that we just simply didn't get time around to covering all of it. And I just want to start off by going back to just some of those, some of those chapters and really getting the insights that you, uh, that you've, you know, put into the book. So you've got an area, a section making coincidence, making coincidences meaningful. I think so many people, I always say to people that people have momentum developing their entire life. They just don't recognize it. And we've got a brain that's designed to point out what's wrong and what's not good. And we always say things like, oh, this has gone wrong. I bet something else wrong is going to be just around the corner. And trying to get people to notice, well, if something goes right, why, why is it that we just don't go, oh, I bet something else good is going to come around the corner. I'd love to hear more about making coincidences, coincidences meaningful, if I can say it for once. It's, uh, you know, this, honestly, the same thing happens to me. It's my chapter. I'm like, what is it about this word? You know, you just kind of trip over it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it really is something that I, I have a great passion for uh, in, in my own personal experience. And uh, it really is a personal experience for people and, and that decision as to whether to whatever degree they, they do encounter a coincidence whether you call it that or mm. you can call it by some other name people say well i don't really believe in coincidences but really it's kind of the same experience in one way shape or form uh you know we talked about swimming with the current last time we talked about trusting your gut going with the flow 
you know, all of these things that are in and around mindfulness. And so coincidences are also on that, that spectrum of, of uh, you know, being in the flow and uh, grounding yourself in gratitude and in, in alignment with the law of attraction, for example. Uh, in, in my personal experience and, and belief, I see coincidences as happening on uh, a spectrum. And so you might think, oh, well, I was just thinking of David Holman. I haven't talked to that guy in, uh, you know, four months. Boom. You know, there you are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that same day. Or uh, a lot of people talk about, I just heard about something three times in a row. You know, yeah, you know yeah. what they say about yeah, three yeah, times, yeah. Yeah. you should take action or go get something. Um, if you hear about Zisms three times, that would be a good thing. I like that. <laughs> um, you know, the other is something that gets a little bit more increasingly unlikely. So you and I are across the pond from one another and uh, I happen to take a trip and, you know, we've met a couple of times and I run into you. That, that's a little bit, you know, mm. more of uh, in terms of the odds, but it, it really all comes down to coincidences being, in my view, an opportunity that you either pursue or not, depending on what they mean to you. Uh, when I get to the farther side of the spectrum, where the odds of that coincidence are really astronomical, and, and I've had this happen to me a number of times in my life, I absolutely pay attention. You know, when you're saying that, what are the odds? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that, that would be, uh, you know, a real indicator uh, of, of maybe tuning in. Uh, that often, uh, you know, it's not an every time, and you, you can speak to this for yourself as well. It happens when you're in a conversation with somebody you don't know very well, uh, that the purpose of that conversation was one thing. And then at some point it veers off, typically later in the conversation, to something that you really never had any business talking to that person about. And then it, uh, it intersects with something and, and it, it unfolds. And uh, you know, that would be where, you know, whatever that intersection is, uh, something that, that is, uh, you know, beyond unlikely. Is that something that you, yeah, I'm going to turn the I, interview around. Does I, that I sound? I, I was just, I was trying to think through of like specific moments when you were talking about that. And, you know, the first sort of thing that was coming to mind, and I'm sure it's not the only sort of thing you're referring to, is that when someone you haven't met and it's, it's you know, to, to, the, to the side which is to do with, say, rapport or attraction, when you meet someone, not even necessarily a relationship context, where you meet someone, and I can think of uh, situations where you just meet someone for a particular person and, and you just start, you, you just somehow manage to talk about something that you both have an interest in or that you both, for whatever reason, it just sparks something and that kind of that feeling of rapport or whatever that's just in i guess some people call it chemistry it's just something which you can't buy but sometimes just comes across and it's one of the things where if i if i in any walk of life feel that feeling with someone it really captures my attention as to especially if it's i'm meeting that person for the first time i sort of think well that where's that come from or how weird is it that i'd meet someone and actually we'd be so aligned in terms of the direction that we're going in that it just makes more and more sense. But, but when you talk about coincidences, that sort of, that sort of type of coincidence, and that will be only one thing of the many different examples that you're referring to right. is something that, you know, it's a coincidence, but at some point, yeah, somewhere down the line, you know, there are only certain amount of patterns, different patterns that human beings have. You're going to find those people. It's just when and how and where, 
So those are the examples that sprung to my mind. Sure. But what other, what other situations might you be referring to? Well, you know, also part of it uh, is how much you are in alignment with gratitude and being in the flow, whether you call that a law of attraction related experience. Again, I'll leave it to the individual. Uh, I did have something happen only a few weeks ago that uh, very rarely I was able to uh, know what the odds of that coincidence were. And it'll take a minute or two to explain here. I'll, I'll just Please, jump in yeah. if that's okay. Uh, so I met somebody on LinkedIn uh, from Australia and uh, 14, uh, 14 hours in my future. And she uh, asked, uh, you know, she was, she was somewhat of a, of a coach, but she said, well, why don't we hop on a Zoom and meet? And, you know, of all the people that you meet on LinkedIn to begin with, I mean, you, you know, you might have sure. an exchange, yeah, you might, yeah, right? Yeah. But not many people for really no reason at all say, hey, let's hop on and just get to know each other. I was like, okay, well, so I had a nice conversation. And uh, similarly as described, I, I mentioned to her that uh, I was recently on a podcast and we were in the after uh, chat and uh, the podcaster mentioned to me, Hey, have you ever thought of starting your own? I said, oh, you know, I really hadn't. Uh, I'm really enjoying these interviews I'm doing, but mm -hmm. yeah, I would do 10 of them a day if I could. Right. And uh, so I started thinking about it. And so I told her I was interested in exploring this. She said, well, I am actually just going into a, a course next week uh, with this woman who uh, you know, is giving it for free. It's invitation only. She herself is, you know, oh, I'm interested in podcasting too, right? That obviously is now mm -hmm. in taking that course, you know, I'll check in and see if you can be a part of it. So uh, I'm trying right. to make that long story shorter. So I get the email and uh, I say, yes, you know, no problem. You know, have welcome to have him. Uh, and then you go through the entire sign up. And then after something like this, you go and say, well, introduce yourself in our Facebook group. And so this is where I'll, I'll come back to the baseline point that I've been using a hashtag, uh, which is be the difference for a few years now. It's, it, it had initially started with the internship Institute, all things work-based learning apprenticeships, you know, called different things around the world. Uh, and of course it certainly flows right into uh, everything I'm doing now. And uh, it's my hashtag, right? I have a great affinity for it. So I go into the Facebook group and I look at the masthead and uh, this woman, Anne-Marie Cross, she uh, had the same one, you know, be the difference, which I thought was nice. I mean, like you think, oh, this hashtag, that hashtag, but it's not that typical of a hashtag. Right. It's one of the reasons why I chose it to begin with. And it's been used a, a little bit more recently. But the other thing I found interesting was that when I went back to the group, it wasn't there anymore. She changes out her her head her headers uh, okay. her banners on on her profile, so if I hadn't gone and seen it when yeah. I saw it, right? So I thought that was really interesting, and then even more so when you go to the right where the where you know the written post is and it's there, and I click it, I'm at the top of it. My video is at the top of it, so that was an interesting experience. Right, okay. And and so the uh, the the point of that with the with the uh, measurement of it is obviously you can look up how how much hashtags are used. Mm. So uh, the minimal odds had we used it each once is one in 80,000. Now wow. you use hashtags okay. multiple times. So I've certainly used it more than five, but if you just go out five times, that's we're one in 400,000 people plus the multiplier of her not using it all the time. So I was like, okay, 
you know, I'm fascinated about coincidences to begin with. Uh, what is this all about? And, you know, it's already has me on the path of, of pursuing a podcast. I start to wonder well, who's this person, who's that person, are they somebody, you know, to, to, uh, you know, to bring into my life. I had a wonderful time in, uh, in Anne Marie's um, um, presentations throughout the week in her workshop. I just learned a ton. I'm still absorbing it. And it really did convince me to move forward with my podcast. To me, it was the indicator that, yes, you're on the right path. At the very least, keep going. So people can look at coincidences and say, well, it's the event itself that, that makes it meaningful. And then you could say, it's because I took the opportunity and pursued something that I may not have otherwise is what makes it meaningful. But either way, I'm not sure which matters. It's something that you have to take action and pursue. And so now I am into action and I'm, I am really excited uh, to, uh, you know, the book's done, it's in the can, as it were. And, uh, and now I've got something new uh, of a project that I, uh, it was, is expansive. I mean, that is, that is a really interesting story. And when I was listening to, to all of that, um, so, th so this, th that particular story happened after you wrote your book. I'm right in thinking that. Right. After I wrote my so, book and started doing interviews yeah. and the idea of doing a podcast had just come up. And then I had the conversation with Pix, who's the, the LinkedIn connection. And, um, and then she introduced me to, to Anne-Marie, where I learned enough about podcasts to know it's what I wanted to do. And so what, the reason why I asked that question is because you'd obviously written on this chapter in, in terms of making coincidences meaningful, which means, therefore, you had some awareness that you're, you're looking out for these moments. Not consciously looking out, but you've got this thing where it's like, well, you know, maybe if you've got to the point where you hadn't sort of done your research and investigated and written that chapter and everything else, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, uh, whether you feel this or not. Do you think in terms of the fact that you were, you spent, you're looking for these, let's call it an opportunity that you could, that, that allowed you to turn the coincidence into the opportunity because, and is that something people need to do? People need to be consciously aware of noticing that coincidence ahead of time, not just a feeling in the moment. They should be aware of it beforehand so that they can turn these coincidences into opportunities. That's a great question. I, you know, again, with everything happening on a spectrum, you know, a coincidence like this is one of those, uh, you know, hits you over the head. Um, whereas you might have something more subtle that you can decide whether it, it matters to you or not, or, or, or the, the topic of the coincidence and how that folds yeah, in or okay. intersects with you in your life. Uh, for what it is that's important to you or, you know, opens you up to uh, your why and, and, you know, takes you in a certain direction. Uh, but, but that, uh, I don't know if you have this expression, but the cart and the horse, the chicken and the egg, right? Sure. You know, what comes before the other? It's hard to know. I, I, I think it's really more about the, the end result. I, you know, I don't feel that I'm somebody, even with uh, my passion for this topic, having it in the book, that I just go around completely aware of looking for, you know, coincidences, uh, uh, you know, mindfully in, in a proactive way. It, it is just something that has to kind of come to you. Uh, but it's, it's really about that bell going off uh, and, and what you do about it. Hmm. I, I really like that. I, I just think, I think people miss those, you know, people always wanting someone to open the door for them. And they, they just, people just, they're not, you know, there's a phrase that I often use, which is uh, fail to prepare, prepare, sorry, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. And often part of that preparation is also 
being experienced enough part of that preparation is having enough knowledge to know when a door is open when some when a coincidence is more than a coincidence if you don't if you haven't got all that information that preparation that you know if you were doing nothing to do with podcasts and looking into it and everything else um uh, then all of that stuff then that moment might have meant nothing to you but it's that part of that's the preparation and having an understanding so that you can recognize when a door is opening for for you i think that's really really important because most people feel like the opportunity is not there where the reality is the the door does open at some point right and and you made a really great point you know when is a coincidence more than a coincidence and i don't want to overstate the fact that just because you hear something three times, you know, make, makes it something you absolutely need to, or that there is any particular meaning behind it, or that you have the opportunity to create meaning that wasn't there, even with the, that event happening in mm. the first place. It's really a personal decision and what it is that really strikes a certain chord with someone that is important enough to them or, or curious enough to typically at the, at the onset that uh, motivates them to do anything about it. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, I want to move on to one of the other sections, which is caught my attention, which is, I didn't talk about last time, the natural elements of motion. And you know, you sort of touching on sort of psychological traits here. I just want to get a better understanding and a better idea of what that is to you. Right. Well, actually, it's something very specific. This was an an experience that I had, and I guess it's the one thing that makes uh, this chapter stand apart because it, it really is mostly all about uh, this event, which is uh, close to 20 years ago. I had a friend working at uh, a place called Esalen in Big Sur, California, right on the Pacific coast. Uh, if you ever see car commercials where they're right along the ocean on the windy highway, okay, yeah. that's Big Sur. Okay. Uh, beautiful. And uh, Esalen functioned something like a commune. And she worked there uh, as, a, as a kindergarten teacher. So, you know, I, I went out to visit her, stayed on the property. You know, she's working during the day and they do uh, different, uh, you know, somewhat alternative workshops, which at that time, you know, mind-body connection 20 years ago was uh, yeah, sure. more out of the ordinary. So I'm this, uh, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. I'm an East Coast guy. I'm out there now. I'm, I'm definitely a fish out of water. Uh, sore thumb, call it what you what you want. I, I was, you know, uh, a jock, I guess, you know, <laughs> as an, as a hockey player, uh, and and this was it was something I really had to open myself up to to begin with, and it was this intensive course, uh, about thirty six hours in six days, and we went through a lot. So I, I really do have to cliff note this uh, to to size it down, but it it's it's focusing on the four natural elements in. A quadrant. Now, there's an illustration in the book with this in it. It is easy enough to describe that in the lower quadrants, to the left you have water and to the right you have earth, as they are in nature on the ground. And then in the upper quadrants, you have air to the left and fire to the right. Sure. And then we talked about the motion of the elements. And so, uh, just just by uh, you know quick reference, you know fire is you know you know it's 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 a forward upward uh, uh, type of uh, element. And so they related it to people and their personalities. So in this case, uh, you know, people who are type A, who are more aggressive, who have that tendency to, to walk, you know, you see someone in an airport and they're walking fast in a forward motion, almost tilted over, mm-hmm. to tilted forward. They are typically, at least an innate character trait, fire. If it's somebody who is, uh, they let things roll off their shoulders, 
you know, what we might say here in the States or maybe you do there, surfer dude, right? Like, right. Yeah, yeah, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then you might be someone who is water and you uh, are, you know, easily pushed back. If you think of a canoe and you push it in equal force, it's going to uh, repel uh, in opposite directions. So that might be somebody who is a little bit of a pushover uh, can be taken advantage of maybe a lower self-esteem. You know, I don't, it's hard to categorize it in any one way from an element standpoint. And then I think everyone can also relate to earth and an earthy person who's well-grounded, who is not someone who necessarily will push, but they're not someone who can necessarily be pushed. Um, and so just wanted to give that, as a as a framework because we all even in corporate culture look at uh these different models that you know oh this person's personality is red and that person's blue yeah. and here's how they interact right all this organizational psychology mm -hmm. type things but this is the thing that really stuck with me and that i can put into action through the years and at that age one of the ways it helped me especially is to get out of my own way in conflict and by that, I mean, we're looking at things and applying those elements circumstantially. Oh, and by the way, um, it, it also states that uh, people have more of an innate element that they're born with, but it's very possible to uh, you know, live life as another one that you uh, are through experience. So nature versus nurture. So I would say I'm probably fiery element <laughs> by nature. By nurture, I am earth. Mm -hmm. I'm, okay. I have, my wife would say I have a maddening amount of patience. So a fire person would not be able to do that. So that's, that, that's a good, uh, that's a good indicator. Um, I, uh, not that that has to come into play too often, David. Uh, but the, but, but the point is, is that when you're in a conflict and you know, this is something we talked about last time around areas of perception and two people are seeing a situation in different ways naturally in completely opposite ways doesn't necessarily make either one of them wrong based on the uh, perception of the situation. So that whole thing around, you know, two rights don't make a wrong, but one person's I'm right, I'm right. You know, how do you get your ego in check when, when you're like that? And so in that moment, the application of this, this model just by, by example is to remind yourself that number one, fire plus fire makes more fire. You're, you're, you're going to take a conflict and you're going to ignite it into something greater. So now is when we're, you know, we're talking about, you know, there was no social media back then. So you could say, uh, you know, a week's worth of angry emails or texts or things of, of, that, of that nature. Um, is that worth it? When you're in that moment and you want to decide whether to push forward because it's so important to you be, to be right, is it more important to you just to yield and not put yourself and others through that? Because then you start repeating that story to multiple people and that's a negative energy that gets spread and on and on and on. I know you, you get all this. But at, again, at that age, it was something I really had a hard time getting out of my own way in, in a certain way, and not that I'm often in conflict, but, uh, you know, wanting to be right. And I have a choice in that moment to stay grounded and uh, stay poised and decide that I can act as another element, in this case, water, and douse the flame and say, you know, David, I, 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 
I get where you're coming from and why you're so passionate about this. I, I have a difference of opinion here and uh, I don't really see the, the benefit of us arguing it out. We're not going to agree here. Mm -hmm. and, and then what are you going to say, right? I just yeah. diffuse the situation. Uh, go ahead, David. What are you going to say to that? You're hot. You, you want to be right. <laughs> I was gonna. I, I, I it just it takes me back to some of the work that I do, I guess, in terms of modes of being, which is, I guess, a similar sort of concept in terms of, um, you have the the warrior, the lover, the sovereign, the joker, the different play, different uh, places we can come from, and uh, and some people are more driven by feeling important, and some people are more driven by love, and actually, that whilst you might be driven by one or the other. Actually, right. what does life look like when you drive yourself through the other filter? And that's often an interesting question. So anyway, so, so sorry for jumping in, but- uh, No, I, totally, I wouldn't consider that jumping in. I think I was on a diatribe for about, <laughs> no. felt like eight minutes or no, so there. So no, so, no, so I, I've just, so on that particular point that you, you were speaking about, which I, and, and carrying on your story, which is um, understanding, it's not, I won't ask the question when to use which one, because that's obviously a personal preference, but more under, an understanding of, I guess in what situations people can make more of a conscious effort to think maybe I need to do it from a different place. You spoke about conflict. Maybe there are other situations that you think of, of actually maybe I need to do it from a different place or a different place, or a different place. So anyway, to carry on your story, just interesting to know in other ways in which that stuff can be applied. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things that, you know, you mentioned another model, you know, what is it that someone uh, identifies with that, that hits home? And, and to me, this has always been very simple. I, Again, I think the natural element aspect of it's pretty cool, mm -hmm. uh, and and it's easy to apply. Then again, you know the expression there would be I think it'd be a little flaky to go around and be like, oh, she's fire and he's air, and you know that's not it. It's more it's more of a go to, you know, when when you need it uh, to to just make the good decisions and keep yourself in check, understand other people. Um, it it's just always stood the test of time for me. So, uh, and how, how, how fiery do you feel these days? <laughs> uh, it, it, it depends, you know, and, and fire having different definitions, right? You might have positive fire around passion <laughs> and you might have the negative around anger. Um, I feel pretty passionate. So I, I, I've got good fuel. I'll say that, but I, I, I do like to think I'm, 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 I remain pretty grounded. I, I really do take pride in, in, uh, in, in being, um, earth in, in, in this example. Um, you, you touched on terms of, you know, fire being passion and fire being anger. And, and obviously everything is a sort of a gift and a curse to some degree. Can you speak a little bit to people listening, be interested in thinking, they'll be thinking, oh, I wonder which one I am, but also understanding what comes with that. And so I don't know if you can speak to, you know, when you're earth, when you're, you know, the other ones in terms of what are some of the without kind of wanting to simplify it too much, what are the good qualities about that particular area? And what are the qualities that you might be, say, a little bit more, what's the fair way of saying it, uh, might be more vulnerable in some way, if that makes some, so, so for example, the fire example, you might be slightly more vulnerable to being, to getting angry, but also it gives you mm -hmm. that, op, you know, that to have that passion, enthusiasm and drive is really important. So can you speak to the other elements in terms of what the, the good and Sort of less good right. points are right yeah it's a great question uh you know for one coming back to the for a moment to is this something you identify with or mm -hmm. not you could read the chapter and hear what we're talking about and be like this this is i don't get it <laughs> and if that's the case this is not for you 
um, you know, I don't know uh, for any listener now saying, oh, I get this, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm really, you know, I can get revved up really easily. Um, but uh, I, I understand I can make a choice of something I'm completely not under a particular circumstance to what ultimately will be my benefit and be able to keep my ego in check. That, mm-hmm. that's, my, that's my favorite real life example because I learned so much uh, from that that I continue to to this day. Um, well, if we go to the opposite side and we, and, and I wonder just for a moment, we can come back to this, and, but w- whether you identify with what you are in, in hearing this story. Um, so I'll let you think about that while I answer your question. Yeah, good question. Because um, I, I mean, I have the podcast coming up, so I'm just practicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> turn, the, turn the table on you. Uh, that if you're, if you're water, then you're somebody who typically um, can be taken advantage of. Uh, you're somebody who might have a hard time saying no. I don't recall offhand we talked about the spider chapter and manipulators. We spoke about that a little time, bit last right? time. Right? We but, talked. But, we, I thought feel so. Feel free to, but feel free just for the people listening to just to right. Some well, that's life. the example. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of how it would apply as someone who's being taken advantage of by a manipulator, and how do you stand up for yourself? Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, or bully? You know, that, sure. all, those kinds of things come in and you push back. You have to be the opposite. You have to be a little bit fiery and that might not be something that's an innate quality for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but circumstantially, uh, when you're getting bullied or someone's, you know, sensing um, vulnerability that you're somebody who has a hard time saying no. And so they want to take advantage of you. Uh, you know what? Uh, there, there are some other practical ways um, to make that decision in the right moment. So, uh, I, and there's some different crossovers here uh, as we're already getting into. And another one would be at the foundation of the book. We certainly talked about earned confidence mm-hmm. and being rooted in gratitude and recognizing that you've been through everything you have and, and you'll make it through everything that, that comes your way as, as, uh, as example. And, and you can just stay in the present and, and deal with things. And around that is the uh, notion of kindness, which is another common thread through the book and certainly very applicable uh, at all times, sometimes more than others. And the practicality of it is that if we're talking about things like self-esteem, self-love, things that can be somewhat elusive from uh, more, they almost feel more conceptual than something, they're almost too big to be able to get your arms around. But if you go back and you rely on kindness and you say, well, why be anything less than kind to myself? If you can't, if you can't say, yeah. if you can't answer that affirmatively, that's then that's, that's really where, you know, you need to, to go back to that building block and, and, and know why. But let's assume that most people get that. It's like, yeah, of course, well, you know, you have to get the buy-in. So now if you're back into the decision of having a hard time saying no, the question to ask then is, well, would it be kind to myself to say I like yes? That. I like that. And, and that really, I mean, of all things in the book, honestly, David, that is the one thing I do come back to, uh, having had many conversations about it now, that uh, at the heart of all of this, that building block is being kind to yourself, certainly kindness when it comes to uh, others and karma, right? You go mm-hmm. in that direction too. But in this example, that being the case, no, you don't want to say yes, because if you do, your self-esteem is going to take a hit. You're going to feel terrible about the thing you knew you should have said no to. And uh, it's a building block for you to say, you know what, um, I'm going to kind of step out of my comfort zone and not be a people pleaser here. And uh, this person who's trying to um, impose their will on me and just say, you know, I really appreciate what you're trying to accomplish, but I, I have other things going on for me right now. And it's just not something I can do. But 
you know, if it makes you feel better, make a suggestion. But you, st- and then that's a great builder for your self-esteem and, and and pride. So a watery person can apply that in that way. I know we're crossing models okay. here, but when we get to the end of the book where things are practical and we go through this ninety-day uh, life enrichment action plan, this this framework that, uh, that culminates we're going back and looking at all these things. Who are the spiders in your life? What element are you? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, go, go through who's your tribe. And then we talk about crossing these things over in ways that are being described now. And, and uh, if you identify them, you know, how do you apply those? I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to come back to the question of which one I am. Cause I'm still thinking about it, but the I was you giving do, you plenty of time I to know, think about it. I still, I'm still not entirely sure. I think I'm, I'm, I'm for some reason instinctively, I feel like I'm leaning towards earth, but I could definitely recognize the tones of the other things as well. You, you, the, the, one of the last things you just said then, I, I really actually want to touch on, which is the amount of clients I have that say, uh, I'm really good at helping everyone else, but I, I, why can't I do it for myself? And one of the last things you said was in terms of the, sort of one of the action steps in, in your book, you know, what is your tribe? Who is your tribe? Right. And just to talk a little bit about that is why it's, you know, the, I tell people that, well, you have to have a tribe because at the beginning of time, you had to have a tribe of people, a community of people to survive. If you were isolated, you would die. Now that's not the case anymore, but the brain's built the same way. So your brain's still looking for a community, still looking for a tribe. Right. Now, aside from that, people can go, kind of nod along and go, okay, that's what the way my brain's designed, but, but why can't I help myself? And I say to people, you know, they ask me, well, how do I help myself? I say, well, part of it is exactly what you say, is implying all of these things to yourself, but also you have to have designated people to have conversations with, to, have, to get the stuff out of your head, just like anyone else does. You need a community or tribe of people for plenty of reasons, including your own well-being. Right. I just want to get your thought on why it's so important to identify, not just know whether conceptually maybe I have a tribe, maybe I don't. Right. Why it's important to know who exactly is in your tribe. Right. Well, um, to take the half step back, I will say, because uh, it's also about people. I mean, we don't know each other quite well yet, mm-hmm. uh, but I do find it fairly easy to apply the elements model in most cases. And you can work backwards and say, well, what is this person not? I could tell you you're not fire. You don't yeah. strike me as a fiery individual. Uh-huh. You're not a type A type no, person. That. That's, you know, I, I you don't have to get be, to know but you. I think instinctively you, I'm not. In, yeah. Right. The element, it's not, it's just yeah. not at your core. Um, I don't really see you as someone as, as water. So, mm. so that, so that leaves, um, that leaves the other two. So and you, you do, you, you will kind of toggle from one to the next. So I do, you do strike me, you know, you're, you're a life coach, you're, you know, all the things that you do through your experience and profession, you're, you're more, you're going to be earth more than likely, if nothing else through that, mm-hmm. through that life experience. And you're probably also air. You don't really strike me as somebody who uh, lets things get to you. You, you strike me as somebody who lets things roll <laughs> off your shoulders I would, uh, as, it depends. Who, it would. depends who you ask. I think in my life, so most right. people, lots of people go no, and then I can think of a few people who would go yes. But All you're right. probably right, mostly. Okay. Well, we'll put it to the test when we're done the podcast. We get off air here. I'll see. I'll try and uh, see what you can tolerate. Yeah. And, and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put off. you through the speed test. So going back to the tribe, uh, you know, quite directly, it's really uh, along the lines of the comment that we to a large degree uh, are the sum of the 
five people that we spend the most time with. And that can be family, that can be uh, immediate family, spouse, uh, certainly your, your friends, and how they influence you. And so in the, at the onset of, of, again, the practical side of uh, how, how this is about life quality and enrichment is, well, who's in that tribe that either, uh, you know, that we're going back to that thin slice, that data point of, do they feed me energetically or do mm. they drain me energetically? And of course, we're, we're there to lean on each other, right? When life events happen and, and difficulties, again, these things needing to be dealing with the real, not necessarily being unnecessary worry. Mm, sure. Um, well, I'm really getting into lots of crossovers here between one That's chapter and the idea. next, but, you, but, but it, it's true. And so now you can make a conscious decision in, in the initial reference I made to that 90-day plan and say, might there be somebody among those five people who just drains me all the time, sucks the life out of me? <laughs> it's just, yeah. They don't mean it. They have their dysfunctions. It's not anything intentional. They're just, they're just a drama magnet, you know, whatever that, everybody understands what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. yeah, and absolutely. so you can make a conscious decision to say, I love this person, your family, member. hopefully it's not your spouse. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but, but the idea that, you know, you have to be aware of that and be, be mindful to keep that energy at bay. You know, you can be there to lean on for this person, but you got to keep your shields up. And at the same time, it's, well, who else is in my life that lifts me up mm. that I can, again, make a conscious choice, which obviously is to reach out and go have coffee, you know, when, yeah. when that's more possible, yeah. virtual coffee mm -hmm. uh, and, and exchange that. And this came into action for me just the, yesterday, the day before. And I, Somebody needed me unexpectedly, um, and I went and solved something, and it took a number of hours, and you know, I, I, I made it through, you know, no problem in a poised way, but I was, I, was a little, I was a little drained after it, and I needed to recharge, and I said, well, who do I want to call? It was my friend Camille. Um, we go way back, and I, you know, every time I talk to her, she always lifts my spirits. So I get her on the phone, and I said, I need to talk to you. I just want to have a conversation. You can talk about yourself. I just know the energy exchange is going to be something that's going to kind of help me level out. And it did, you know, we had a few good laughs and those are the kind of practical things that you want to do. Uh, and just a lifestyle basis and making conscious decisions to uh, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself. It's not kind to yourself if you're letting somebody drain you. Hmm. I like that. And to go on to you, you've, touched that point in terms of a lot of coffees are virtual coffees at the moment a lot of encounters are virtual encounters a lot of people at the moment struggling with motivation because there's just less less options or the, their usual way of life is disrupted we talk about a little bit beforehand when we talk about motivation which is i'm amazed at how few people understand their why in anything right you know and understanding and well, and to ask you the question, why it is that you think so many people don't know or don't w ever work out what their why is. And uh, you, you spoke sure. a little bit about an interesting concept of uh, the area of inevitability as well, which I'd be interested to hear about. But, uh, but yeah. why do you think so many people don't know or work, ever work out their why? I think the why in part is something at times that can be innate. Uh, you know, generically speaking, I, I've always known my why is to is the, the passion and satisfaction, you know, the fulfillment of making a difference, mm -hmm. whatever that is, and, and, and being able to home, home in on that. Uh, for other people, you know, it, it comes at a particular inflection point. Uh, maybe when they have a little bit more space in their life, you know, just raise a family, you know, my kids are off to college, you know, what now? And, and they might have to seek it out 
in a proactive way. Uh, it that may not be something that comes to them. But again, it's like everything we're talking about. It's about taking action. Even if you know your why, you still have to take a lot of action. That's the whole point. So, you know, for me, let's say with the book, and I, we may have mentioned this last time, but uh, I, I did, you know, I am at that, inf- at that point, my son just went to, just started college and I have a little bit more time and I, I, I wanted to revisit this, which I do every you know, few years or, you know, just in terms of those, uh, you know, those, those life uh, paths. And, you know, what would I regret not doing? That, that, that's, the, that's the question that I asked myself. It's in the book, uh, in, in, this, uh, in this chapter. And the, the book, uh, whatever it was to be at the time, has been a thorn in my side for 10 or 15 years. I, you know, uh, earn confidence, you know, be aware of spiders, you know, the, the elements, uh, all these things. I just wanted to get them down. I felt a personal responsibility to share them. Um, really kind of being in the bubble, not knowing how much they, uh, you know, I'm not, when I was younger, I consumed a fair amount of personal development books, but I, I really have been in the, in the bubble with my nonprofit and family. So I, 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 I just went for it. I, I wasn't, I wasn't like, okay, I'm writing this book right now. It, it, it was, okay, these are things that I've been thinking about for a long time. Let me spend a couple of days and get into action. Let me start writing. And then when I was you know, two days in, I, I was, I looked back and I was like, wow, there's, there's, seems like there might be a book here. And, mm-hmm. and it was almost like it was too much to turn back. Uh, I had I, already been into action and had that momentum. Sometimes that's what you just have to do to get yourself going is to explore something. If I got to the point and say, no, I got three chapters here. I don't know what, nothing else comes to mind. Uh, it might be a three chapter book uh, at, at a blog. That's what it would have <laughs> been. Right. Um, so I, I, I think that, I think it's just something that uh, it's not for everybody either. Uh, you know, mm. people, you know, People just want to spend their, you know, look, it's everyone's individual decision, how they spend their life, you know, what brings them joy. If they want to binge watch one show after the other and never step out of their, out of, you know, off their couch, then so, you know, more power to you. There's, you know, that's, uh, that's what you decide. Um, and we can get into inevitability uh, as well, but I want to take pause and anything more you want to explore on this part of the conversation? Well, when- I just think in terms of people's why you're right it is each to their own in terms of what it is they want to do and i always say you know whatever you're spending most of your time doing you use the example in terms of uh, people looking off the couch you know the amount of people who will be experts in terms of you know binge watching a tv program because they know where to put the remote they know where to put their drink they know where to do this and they've done it so many times and so many times they know how to be an expert at it and it's you, people everyone's an expert at something it's just asking yourself well where do you spend most of your time and then it's measuring that against what it is that you want and i i say to everyone you know i said to a client this morning she, I did all this work on her business and then said, this is all, this is all rubbish. If, if I, if you don't, if we don't know the answer to the following question, which is not, why do you want to do this? Why is it a must for you? Right. She'd sort of said, she'd spoken about, you know, I want, I want to do it because um, I want to do it because it'll be good for me. It'll help with this, help with this. And I said, no, why is it a must? And she said, after a long pause, she said, and she started to well up a little bit. She said, I want to set my kids up. I want my kid. I want my kids to be fine. That's right. why I have to do this. And that's the difference. I think people have to find. It's hard to find that, and 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 lots of people struggle to do so. Absolutely, and I I, 
I should reinforce, uh, you know, just n- non-judgmentally. I, uh, you know, I like a binge watch as much as the next me person. Too. Oh God, I, I, me right? too. I, I just finished one last night, but you know, I. You know, what having, are you watching? Uh, I finally actually just watched Breaking Bad. <gasps> what? You've only I haven't. Watched... Se- I never saw I'm it. So yeah. jealous. I'm so jealous. So, I just blew through time. five seasons, you know, yeah. and the last time I read, it's just like my late night thing. Oh, but uh, so now I have more free time. I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, what's, what's now? Yeah. What's my why now? Um, but part of that also, I think, starts with yourself. Um, someone's why, if they really want to get into it, might just be all around personal development. What do I need to do to to make myself, you know, the, what is the better version of myself so I can get to the point of being able to act on, even if what I don't know it is at the time, that why. Uh, so, and, and without that uh, framework and, and some, some, some discipline and, and just being kind to yourself, meaning you're, you're taking care of yourself, you're, you're staying healthy, those, you know, all the obvious things, uh, it's going to be very difficult to, to achieve any why yeah. without that foundation. So it might just start there, you know, it's a good point Start there. Uh, so inevitability. Um, hmm. So this actually folds off of the chapter on amplifying gratitude, which visits the law of attraction, uh, which ultimately culminates with what we expect tends to happen which uh, then goes back into things around not worrying because that would be the wrong expectation. Uh, But the thing about the law of attraction is that it is transactional. Um, It's not going to write a book for you. It's not going to necessarily succeed at whatever that why might be. It could be right now people making a pivot and pursuing something entrepreneurially. Law of attraction is not going to start that business for you. Absolutely. agree. So inevitability is somewhat about putting that law of attraction into action. And if you look at the law of attraction, which I think most people know is somewhat fueled by gratitude, and whether you subscribe to it or not, I think people recognize, well, gratitude in and to itself mm-hmm. is really where the joy in life, uh, the heart of it is. Um, the fuel for inevitability is self-belief, which is naturally a good theme. For us, mm, <laughs> for absolutely, your, for your I, program. I, I think someone does a podcast on that subject. I yeah. heard of it. Yeah. I can't put my finger on it. It's not very good. Um, so yeah. yeah, no, that wouldn't be true. <laughs> uh, it, it better be with us being here <laughs> yeah, together. Uh, but this is really uh, a somewhat um, uh, in, in detailed chapter. So I, I, I'm going to just really try and get my head around summarizing it best. If you look at this from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, an entrepreneur would typically say, I'm at point A, and here's my business plan. Uh, three months, six months, one year, three year, five year, 10 year. Those are the, you know, those are my the points of where I want to be then. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at inevitability, you have to go all the way out to your point B. What is your furthest most vision for your business that you can be very, you know, entirely crystal clear about? that it is to the point where you have the self-belief that you know it has already happened. It's inevitable because through self-belief, you're going to reach that point B. And reaching point B in this case is, is uh, take some expl- explanation. Uh, if you look at that 
idea and you, and, and what we talk about is, is our dominoes and you line dominoes up from that point B to where you are now, you know, for me, for example, for the nonprofit, for the internship Institute, that's the, those are systemic things that I'm trying to affect in terms of change. I'm very clear about it, but they're decades out. Ultimately, I'm probably not going to be around <laughs> with respect, you know, and that's part of the whole thing around the nonprofit, but it's not as much now about the point B as it is knowing the tipping point that I need to get to that once I get there through the vision I've established, the rest of the dominoes will fall. Mm. So for uh, a lot of cases, it's, you know, putting it more simply, it's when a business becomes uh, profitable and yeah. is at the no look back phase. And, but, but then what happens? Mm. Um, so that's, I'm just touching on it here, uh, but but inevitability is 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 self belief, and it's about that. You just have to be. It's it's entrepreneurial passion and undeterability. Mm. <laughs> uh, I you know something happens. You know you're an entrepreneur. You get punched in the gut eight times a week. If you know which is probably minimal. Yeah. Um, you are undeterred mm. because you know what your point B is. And you might take detours. Your dominoes might are never going to remain straight, no, no. but uh, but but you know where you're heading. I like I, I really like that because I think the the I talked to a lot of people about leverage, and I guess it's it's a similar sort of concept in that they there does get to a point where if you put enough of the right pieces in place, or let's use your domino analogy, which is that if you, if you do line the dominoes up and then you, you get them, you get them in a position where, you know, once that tips, it's going to tip everything else as well. It has to turn in your favor. Now, knowing what all the dominoes look like, or, or, you know, using leverage as an example, knowing what the is required to create enough leverage. Sometimes that's hard to know straight away what all of that is that will create a significant amount of leverage. But with more understanding, experience, preparation, everything else, you start to work out, but if I do A, B, C, D, it has to create the leverage and there has to be a sense of inevitability that it will turn in my favor. And, I, and that's why I always say to people, clarity brings things closer because the clearer you are of what you want, then you have clear idea of how to make it an inevitability, as you're saying. Um, and so how much, of, how much of what you talk about is, is, and how much do you believe in terms of self-belief is clarity? Well, uh, clarity is, you, you can't go further out in, with that point B unless you have total clarity, because otherwise you're not going to have total self-belief if, if, uh, if, if things uh, are not crystal. Uh, and of course, that, that point B will, will change over time uh, mm -hmm. as, as, you, uh, as you do what you do. I think it's important to make a final connection on, on this point. Number one, um, where law of attraction is concerned and how it intertwines, you still have to apply the aspects of speaking, you know, what you say, what you think, uh, talking about things as it, it, rather than it will happen, it's more, I am doing this. It's trying to bring things into the present. It's trying to step into uh, maybe that's a new self-identity. Who are you when you're on the other side of that? I mean, and it's hard that you have to reconcile it. So for me, it's like, well, I want to personally enrich 100 million people. I've, I'm, I've, uh, you know, by 2025 and, and beyond. 
that's very specific. I'm, I'm setting my sights on that goal. I have to think of myself, even though it's awkward, quite honestly, as a household name. Mm-hmm. But the houses don't know it yet. I know it. I have that self-belief. And I have to then put myself into the mindset of, well, what would it be like? What is it like to be that person? So that, I, so that that self-identity aligns with the self-belief. And then at the front end of it, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's also very important to apply the law of attraction transactionally, which might be, okay, I know what my tipping point is in that line of dominoes, still not knowing quite how to get there, but the law of attraction might help inspire that idea. It might lead to that encounter. It might lead me to the investor I need. Those kind of, those sorts of, um, I mean, look, this, <laughs> I hear myself and it's, it, it is all just somewhat of a personal experience to get to the point where you can uh, buy into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I'm not here to say, you know, it's easily sustainable, no more than the uh, law of attraction is, but you have to fold these things into your day practically mm. as you would gratitude so that you can remain focused and remain aligned with that self-belief just the same. I really like that. I like I like people who who do who do good things for other people and then still have the ambition to do more, which clearly you have. Um, and, be, and before we start thinking in terms of wrapping up this conversation and making sure people know where they can go and listen to your podcast, you, you kind of touched on the question I was going to finish up with, which is understanding what footsteps you want to leave behind for other people. You touched on, you know, you mentioned you want to reach out influence 100 million people by 2025. I guess, therefore, what I'd like to ask is, you talked about aligning that vision of yourself, aligning that vision of how that looks like, aligning that to who you currently are right now. And I, I, I buy into all of that as well, that I think that's important to, to work out who that version of yourself, we won't know it completely, but get as good an idea of, as we possibly can of what that version of ourselves would look like, and therefore, how can we align that to us now? So the question I guess I have for you, Matt, is when you think about helping 100 million people or influencing 100 million people by that point, is how will you have done that? What does that vision look like to you? In what mediums, what forms would you have done that? Well, part of it is also what it eliminates. Uh, For example, I know I uh, cannot be a coach because coaching is is going to be more of, uh, you know, one-on-ones sure. and that's not going to take mm-hmm. me to the yeah. masses. So the other side of that is, well, what will? Mm-hmm. So the podcast is a step in that direction. I'd love to think there's a hundred million <laughs> followers in my podcast. I'm not sure that's a reasonable expectation right. uh, as far as, but, but I'd, I'd like yeah. to, maybe I should make that an expectation <laughs> uh, back to the law of attraction, but I do want to get into motivational speaking, inspirational speaking, certainly social media and reach has a great play in that. I mean, I, I originally thought it was, a, it started out, David, as I want to positively impact as many people as possible. And it sounds great and it's true, but it sounds flighty. And I wanted to be uh, specific. more specific and as, a, as an objective, a how, a how many or how much by when. Mm-hmm. So that's what led to that objective. Uh, and I thought, well, 10. I said, well, if I can do 10, I can do 100. And then I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, and the, the, the self-belief that that's achievable. Mm-hmm. So you know, part of the uh, footsteps, as, as you described, which is a great, a great description has to do with 
a lot more of the same uh, with many of these things and what we talked about before and concepts in the book uh, right now, at, at least at, at, at the foundation of being able to uh, you know, advocate, be somewhat of an evangelist of, of sorts for these uh, practical uh, ways of enriching people's lives and hoping that they identify with it and, and take to it and just speak my truth. And as I grow, uh, the foundation will grow with me. Uh, but but ultimately, I, I know that personal enrichment uh, is, I am working to, keeping it in the present, personally enrich that that those many people and thankful here to your, to your audience for being among them. Well, I, I'm certainly good luck on that, uh, on that particular journey. And I, I think anyone who, who's making a concerted effort uh, to, to, to contribute beyond themselves, I think it should be applauded in some way. And, um, and I've, I certainly very much enjoy speaking with you, Matt, as, as the reason I want to have you back on. So um, my website is, uh, is z-isms, I-S-M-S dot com. Uh, Insights to Live By is, is certainly something that's easy enough to find on Amazon. The reviews have been very kind in both places. Someone can read the first part of the book for free. That's the call to action. I, 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 I can... I can only hope for that people uh, do that and, and they'll decide for themselves if they want to keep reading. The podcast will be is uh, at insightstoliveby.com, which is to say, I'm not quite sure when this episode is airing. If it was today, um, you wouldn't find anything at that website, but next week you, you will. Good. And uh, so, yeah, so for, for those listening in, you know, there'll be this episode will be made available sort of 12th 13th 14th of june and uh in a week's time then matt's podcast will will be up in uh well very exciting for you it's very exciting to, to start a new a new chapter or a new medium or anything like that so I, I wish you good luck with that and um do you have some people lined up for your show yet matt i actually do there um I'm still working on my guest strategy, uh, working backwards from some of the high, I have a meeting today that's going to answer some of those questions, but there are, um, there are a, a couple of, uh, of people I really admire that uh, will be my initial shows and, and it's going to be a combination. I'm doing a solo show uh, with one episode a week and then I'll do an interview show and, mm-hmm. you know, insights to live by Zisms, uh, those being, um, pearls of wisdom and, and, and things that people, everybody has. The podcast is about interviewing people about their insights to live by and, and those origins and, and why in terms of their value system, that's what, those are what resonate for them. That's what the, uh, what we'll be covering. Excellent. Well, Matt, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for yours and for everyone listening. I, uh, just really am grateful, uh, for your interest and, uh, Hope to stay in touch.